What's up, fam bros? This is your boy DJ Benjamin, and I'm bringing you this special interview today with Josh Williamson, the creator of the hit series Birthright, the new joint from Skybound. You need to check it out, and after you hear this interview, I'm sure you will. And do remember, always new stuff going on on fanbros.com, and you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, you can like us on Facebook, you can follow us on iTunes, or some combination of those three. But right now, check out this interview, and we'll be right back in 2015 with even more greatness. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. What's up, Fan Bros? This is your boy DJ Ben Amin, and we are here at New York Comic Con with Josh Williamson, the author behind the series Ghosted, Nailbiter, and now, what's the latest one, Josh? Uh, Birthright. Birthright, that's right, with the title that took you a year to come up with. Yeah, we were just talking about that. I, uh, at first, it was called something else. I'm not going to say what it is, but it was called something else at one point. We knew we were never going to do that title. And we had like lists and lists and lists of possible titles. And me and the editors and, and people at Skybound were just trying to figure out what we thought was appropriate and works. And we were having, yeah, like panic attacks. We were like cutting to the wire. We wanted to make sure we figured it out. And then one day I kind of said, well, what about Birthright? I mean, it kind of clicked, you know, it kind of added up and it worked out. Right. Well, we just both read the first issue of Birthright. Oh, yeah. And what struck us mainly was that you really told, like, it, it feels that you have a whole longer story to tell because you put so much yeah. into the first issue. You didn't waste time with the reveal at the end of the issue. Like, you could have done that in the sixth, seventh issue, but you got right to it. So it feels like yeah. there's going to be a long story here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we talked. It's funny, we were at this convention last year talking about issue uh, five, and we were talking about moving that revealed the end of issue one to the end of issue five, and I just in my gut knew it was wrong. I knew what we wanted to do, the big story we wanted to tell, that I didn't want to waste time, I didn't want to drag it out, so we uh, you know, decided to go with that. It's the, the, big re- the two big reveals in issue one, I, I think, work. You know, and we still have big stuff happening in issue five, and we have stuff planned going out really far. I mean, yeah, we have a really big story to tell, like especially with you know, there's a lot that happened in that year. Not only for Mikey in the fantasy land, like a lot happened to him, obviously, but a lot happened to that family. You know, because it was a whole year where they thought their son was missing, and the dad was accused of murdering him, and it destroyed that family. Like a lot happened. Yeah, I see it going in the direction of exploring Mikey and kind of reestablishing with his family. Yeah. Uh, is that going to play out for a while, and then maybe you might get more in what's going on with Terranos? Uh, the first five issues are going to be back and forth. It's going to be a little bit of Terranos when he first got there, sort of being the you know the kid in his fantasy land, and then there'll be a, a lot of like kind of what was going on with him in the the real world, like yeah, reintegrating with his family. But you have to think about it; like it's not going to be easy because the FBI is like, well, this. This person is a threat. Like this person is a danger. You know, he, if he's, you know, either way, if he's telling the truth or not, he's a danger, and so they're not gonna let him just go home, right? But it's not like Mikey is gonna let them keep him, you know. So a lot of stuff goes on with that. And there's a big, uh, a lot of stuff going on. But eventually, it's gonna be kind of weird. Like at first, it's gonna be a lot of back and forth. It'll be Terranos, it'll be Terranos and the real world, like back and forth for a little bit. And then six through ten will mostly the uh, the real world with like a little bit of flashbacks to the fantasy world. And then we'll have like show 11 will be a lot more fantasy stuff. It'll be a little bit back and forth. There's so much I want to do, man. There's like so much. Well, what's really striking to me is that it's the pacing. You put so much story into the first issue where you introduced the conflict, you resolved it, and then you went on and had a, a dynamic reveal. Is that going to be kind of consistent throughout where, you know, it, it, it lends itself to saying you have such a big story to tell, much bigger than 
the the hero's journey or the finding Mikey? Well, that's the thing. Like we're doing a lot with the hero's journey. I mean, that's what it is. It's sort of like you're basically seeing the the, the, the end of kind of a hero's journey. At the same time, as you're seeing you're seeing one start, right? Because if you really when you're watching that, when you're reading that first issue and you read those first few issues, you're gonna see that like Mikey has one hero's journey in Terranos he was going through, right? You're kind of seeing the, the end of it, but then you're also seeing like Brennan start his own hero's journey in the real world like dealing with his brother so there's gonna be a lot of like parallels going on between the two about the hero's journey you know yeah because he has to deal with a lot of stuff too man because he's gonna a lot of stuff's gonna happen you know so i don't want to ruin anything but a lot of stuff happens and, and it's like you're gonna kind of see this experience these people kind of go through um it's gonna be really interesting I don't know, i'm really excited for it Okay, another thing that struck me in the first issue right away was when he returns, it's his father who says, a father knows. Yeah. And normally the line is, the mother knows. Yeah. So is, there, is, that a, like, is that a hint towards something right there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You nailed it. Good job. <laughs> Look at you. And that's all you can say about Look that, right? Big brains on this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Look at the big brains on. on Brad. Well, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, I, uh... Yeah, some stuff's coming down the line. There's a reason why he kind of figured it out before anybody else did. So, you know, there's uh, there's going to be clues. There's another clue kind of like that in issue uh, four. There's like little lines of dialogue. Like, he'll say things that you're going to be like, wait a minute. Like, he'll, he's going to say little stuff that the, the, the dad... The dad kind of was a little bit more than he's like. Oh, on. so oh. maybe the dad has already taken a trip. Oh, I don't know. Oh, maybe. Okay. There we we'll go. We'll see what happens. Yeah, all right. You know, so there's, there's a bigger storm going on, and then, uh, you know, you'll see. It's not that. You're close. You're, like, super close. <laughs> You're so fucking close. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Exclusive fan bros. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a thing going on with his dad, and his dad is sort of... Yeah, and I was also I think it was a part of him that does it, it, it didn't just knew you know, and also the, the mom is right, you know. There's a thing about how the dad just like he wants he wants to believe that his son is in debt so badly that he does see this moment and he grabs onto it, you know. And, and the dad himself does have some some doubts. Like you're, you're gonna see the dad has doubts and has moments of like maybe I'm wrong in this, but. He, he can't let go, you know, because he's hoping that it's going to fix his family. And you know it's not that easy, you know, when a family falls apart like that. There's a thing that we've talked a lot about a lot that'll, that'll come in later on, I think issue six, is the idea that, like, the moment, the moment Wendy believed that there was a possibility, that mom, the moment the mom believed there was a possibility the dad murdered their son, that relationship was changed forever. Because how could you ever believe that somebody would kill their own kid, right? The moment she had lost that faith in him, she lost, that family was destroyed. You know, it, even when the, before the year had passed, like all this stuff had happened, the moment he, the moment she actually considered that he killed Mikey, it was over. It was over. So there's a lot of that too, kind of, we'll play it up. So are you going to explore the relationship further with the mother and father? Is it going to be a big part of the series? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Like the mom and dad, the relationship will be big. I mean, issue six opens with a flashback. Well, this is the plan. Issue 6 opens with a flashback to the night that Wendy made it to the woods, right? Like, when she first got there after the kid, after Mikey went missing. And you sort of see the, the beginning of that, like, crumbling, you know, problems. But, yeah, the two of them is really important because I think, you know, part of it is that Mikey is, Mikey is broken, right? Like, Mikey is broken. He has PTSD. He's, he's not... He's just a broken man, regardless of, I mean, I don't want to give away the last page, but you saw the last page is a major part of it. But, like, Mikey's not... Mikey is not possessed, right? Like, he's not corrupted. He made a decision. 
Like he's not being forced to do anything. He made a choice, right? And so he is like he is a broken, a broken person. And I think a part of him was hoping that when he went home, he would have a family to help him. But his family is broken too, right? And so for him to sort of like become a better person, for him to you know be back to Mikey, that family needs to get back together. But that's that's hard shit to do. You know, so that's a, that's a big part of what we're doing. The mom and dad, the relationship, what happened with them in the past, where they're at now will be a, a really big part of the story. I mean, it's definitely be hard to get the family back together when the dad's a drunk and he's been accused of killing his son. So, yeah. 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 And there's something mom did, too. Uh-huh. The, mom did, the mom did some stuff. There's a, there's a subtle line in there that uh, some people figured out, some people didn't. But there's a part where... Uh, yeah, she had an affair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I definitely saw that. I noticed because he, he, he mentioned, uh, is this your new boyfriend? Yeah. She, so there was a, definitely an old boyfriend. Yeah, she had a fucking affair with the guy who was in charge of the investigation looking for her son, right? You know? So, like, that's, there, some bad stuff went down. And it's like, but then I think the thing with Wendy, with the mom, is interesting. And, and I uh, I know some people have already told me they don't like her and stuff like that. I'm like, listen, she's one of the most reasonable per- person in that story because she doesn't believe because you wouldn't believe right like you would automatically so she's one of the smarter people and there's a line issue for the beginning that she actually says something that is crucial she says something in issue four that is like oh she's one of the smartest people in the room she's smarter than, than brooks the fbi agent like she starts figuring stuff out before anybody else does so you'll she ends up becoming like super important because of how smart she is So with the mother, are you gonna um, give more of her story so that she doesn't become get that 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 backlash that Skylar did on Baker Bad? You know where? You know we compare it to that a lot. We talk about that because I found out there was a guy working with Skybound that hates her, like really hates her. He was telling me some stuff earlier today. He was telling me how much he hates her, and I was like, me and uh, Sean McAvoy, who's my editor on uh, on the book, him and I were talking about Skylar a lot because Skylar was right. Like you wouldn't want your husband to be selling meth. Right? Like, she was right. Of everybody in the story, she's one of the more, like, right, even though she fucked up, too. But she was more more right than everyone else. Like, she had kind of figured things out a little better. And so that was, yeah, that was really important with what we were doing with Wendy. And Wendy has a line, again, in issue four, where she has this moment of, like, she says to Brooks, she's like, you know, it was always like this. It wasn't, you know, oh, I'm about to ruin something for you guys. Something happens in issue two and three that she kind of is like, this is no different than when Mikey was a little kid. Like, she she says, like, it's no different. Like, I'm always cleaning up somebody else's mess. You know, even when, even when they were, you know, like, you know, Aaron got to be the fun dad, and I was the one always having to be the, the mean mom, has to pick up after everything. And everyone always thinks I'm the mean one, but I'm the adult here. Yeah, I'm the responsible one. So that, that plays up a big part in that idea of, like, I hope when people get to issue four and they go back, they're going to be like, oh, well, she's, she's that person in that relationship. She was the responsible one. Aaron wasn't. That was always a problem. Yeah, I never understood people who hated on Skylar like that because it's like she was the most sensible person, uh, like you said. I had a moment like that. I had a moment like that until I heard that. It's one of those things where you have, like, those moments where you're like, oh, I don't like this. And then you hear the extreme version of it, and they're like, oh, no, I'm fine. Yeah. Right? The part for me was it was when I heard that she was getting death threats. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh, no, Skylar's fine. Yeah. Like, the actress <laughs> playing was getting death threats. People were like, you should let your husband sell meth. It's like... Dude, calm the fuck down. <laughs> and that was when I kind of like started getting like, like really evaluating and thinking about it more and figuring it out. And that's what I'm asking because there's kind of got to be a, a fan service balance in a sense that keeps things reasonable because there's a, a natural tendency it seems just to hate that female character who is reasonable but kind of comes across as being bitchy. Yeah, that was on my mind a lot. It, it was when, this is going to sound kind of funny. 
when I was working on those issues, I read Gone Girl, like in the middle of it. I love that book, it's amazing. There's a couple lines in that book that made me rethink how I was writing Wendy, and I was like, yeah, I'm writing her that way, and I realized I go back. But if you go back, when you get to the end, I feel like when people get to the end, they read it all, they read it all one sitting, or whatever you gotta do to finish it, you're gonna get this point where you're gonna be like, man, Aaron is a dick. Like, you're gonna have this moment where you're gonna be like, like, that guy is so, like, in denial. He's so blind to the reality of things around him. But you're gonna have this moment where you're gonna go back and you're gonna be like, oh, that guy's a dick. There's a line in issue three where he says something that's like a dig at Wendy that's like, oh, man, it's gonna hurt. Is the series intended to be uh, ongoing or is there a limited run? No, it wasn't ongoing. Yeah, I mean, all my ongoings, I say ongoing, but I basically mean like it's not gonna end in a year. You know, like I have plans to go on for as long as I can, but there's an end in mind. Like there's ideas how we end it. It's, it's, because there's the thing, I wanna make sure we're able to tell our like twisted version of the hero's journey. And the hero's journey has a cycle, but it has an ending at the same time, you know? So that's, that's what I wanna do. Are there gonna be other uh, villainous characters introduced besides Lore? Yeah, there's a character they mention in issue one called the Pell Rider. Uh, her name is Callista, and uh, she'll come into play issue three. You see her. She's awesome. She's on the poster. Yeah. It's this right here on the poster. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's her. She rides a giant, uh, like, gorilla monster that she rides, and uh, she used to be a member. She was a member of the Gideon. She worked with Rook. And she also made a choice to join Laura instead. So people, you don't, you don't just like get possessed by him. You don't, you make a choice to join him. And so Mikey made a choice to join him. So, so did she. And we get into that too. But what, what makes a person decide to join with the bad guy? You know, we get a point to say that he's a fallen hero. At the end, yeah, he lost. He lost. He did not beat Laura. And you know, it looks like just reading the first issue, it looks like you're on two tracks in terms of. Uh, Mikey dealing with being in the modern day and dealing with his family and that adjustment as well as showing young Mikey leading to his rise and fall his yeah his eventual loss yeah yep very good <laughs> good class a bunch of big brains over here folks it was awesome <laughs> so yeah yeah what a turn to ghosted um, what are some of the other heists that you have in mind for the crew Oh my god, dude! There was there's gonna be there's gonna be kind of a storyline about grave robbing. I don't want to give away too much, but there's gonna be kind of a storyline about grave robbing. Uh, the fourth arc is called uh, Ghost Town, so I don't I don't know stuff for you, but it's a big it's a big thing. They find out there's a ghost town out there, so it's like a haunted house but a, a town, and they have to deal with it. Cause you know, I got to thinking like the first like first uh, well the first five issues five or six issues dealt with kind of like a haunted house in a sense. Is it gonna be like a ghost train, or are you gonna like explore different? No, no, no. Kinds? So issues six to ten are about uh, people who get possessed, who are being kidnapped. Yeah. Uh, Eleven to fifteen are about people who have death wishes, so you kill yourself, and then you have a you basically make a deal with this guy that you can haunt someone. And the next arc will be about something even crazier. I don't know. There's, there's something. There's something way bigger to steal than a ghost. That Jackson finds out that someone else is trying to steal and wants to stop him. That's, I have a question about Jackson having read through, I'm already about halfway through the second trade, and is there something going on with him, like in terms of superhuman, because he survives a hail of bullets. When you get to, uh, when you get to issue 11, the last issue of issue 11 is going to blow your mind. Okay. There's a clue in issue 1. There's a clue in issue 1, the last page of issue 1, that tells you kind of what's going on with him, and no one picked up on it, and they even read 11, I'm like, okay, go read 11, look at the last page of 11, and then go look at the last page of issue 1, and you're going to be like, oh, fuck, it was right there all along. There's been clues. Yeah, because the maestro says 
there's people. Did you meet the maestro yet? No, I haven't got there yet. Maestro's this like creepy old guy. He says to Jackson, he says like there are three people watching you. Uh, right? There's people watching. Like the God, the devil. So you know Anderson, yep. the ghost Anderson. Yep. Then you got uh, the witch from the beginning of issue six. Yep. And there's a third person watching him. And the third person is the one that's like where things are fucked up. You'll see, because we reveal who it is in issue 11. You kind of know. You'll know who it is. And then there's this build up to that. And then it actually ties back into issue the first arc about why Marcus, the old man, picked Jackson. There was a, there was a deeper reason why. Yeah, because I'm going to have to go back and read that. Because that, when, he, when he survived the bullets, I was like, what? Like, no, no, he can't. Look at uh, that. There's stuff going on. There's stuff going on. He also got stabbed in issue five really that, bad, remember? Yeah, it took that pretty well. But I was like, okay, yeah, you know, he could make that. He got beat up, like, on the second page or something. He's getting kicked in a cut. Something's happening, man. They don't want him to... Somebody doesn't want Jackson to die. It's not his turn yet. Okay, okay. We're really going to delve into his history and, you know... Yeah. yeah, there's a scene in issue 17 where it's young. It's the first time you see young Jackson. And something really bad happens to him when he's young. It's mentioned in issue 12. There's a line where somebody's like, oh, I know what happened in New Orleans. Jackson's like, <laughs> look at his face, like, oh shit, someone knows about New Orleans. And so we show what happens in New Orleans at 17. Okay. Nice. I got planned out far. Good. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, because I'm loving that so far, and I'm, you know, I'm glad this is going to keep going for a while. You should read, no, you should read Nail Biter. I definitely will. I got them here. They're like ten dollars. You should read. <laughs> <laughs> ten dollars. Right here. I'm not versed in Nail Biter. Can you tell us what it's about? Yeah. So basically, it's a. Uh, 16 serial killers, 16 of the world's worst serial killers, are all from the same small town, right? And so this guy, he catches the worst of it, this guy called uh, the Nailbiter. Right, his name is Warren, he's a Nailbiter. He, he kidnaps people who choose their nails, he holds them captive until they grow their nails back, and they choose them for them, and then he murders them, right? He gets arrested by this FBI agent. When he arrests him, the guy realizes this FBI agent is like, wait a minute. 16 serial killers were all born in the same small house town in Oregon. There must be something going on. So he goes to the town to try and figure out what that problem is, right? Like, what is, what's going on in that town? Why are 16 serial killers all from the same small town? He figures it out. He realizes there's a problem. And he calls his best friend, who's this guy named Nicholas Finch. He calls his friend and he's like, hey, I need you to come here and I need you to, like, help me. You're the only one I can trust. There actually is a problem. So Finch, like, drops everything comes to the town to help his friend out, the FBI agent, and his friend's missing. So the one person who knows what the deal is has gone missing. And so the guy, Finch, changes. Okay. Yep, so Finch basically is like, fuck, I don't give a fuck about serial killers. I just want to find my friend. Because he realizes to find his friend, he needs to solve that. He needs to solve the same mystery that his friend solved. But they also got his friend gone missing. Sorry, it's a friend of mine. Oh, no problem at all. All right, well, um, we you normally have a short uh, segment on our show called the Brap Segment, where it's a quick uh, rapid-fire question. So if you're down for it, we have a real quick one, you know, first thing that comes to your mind. And the first one is Black Panther or Power Man? Oh, Power Man. Dude, Luke Cage, dude. <laughs> Luke Cage. I love Black Panther, but Luke Cage all the way. All right. Falcon or the War Machine? Oh, War Machine. Right. I love Falcon too, but War Machine is War Machine. Magneto or Professor X? Oh, Magneto's right. Magneto's right. Most definitely. Uh, Nino Brown or Starface? Starface. Yeah. The Wire or Breaking Bad? Oh, you're going to be in trouble. Uh -oh. uh, Breaking Bad. Uh-oh. Well. It's, it's a special place in my heart. Okay, okay. We'll let that slide. Star Wars or Star Trek? 
Oh man, you know, I was gonna say Star Trek. I love Star Wars. I have all kinds of Star Wars shit, but Star Trek. I was a nerdy ass kid with the Star Trek conventions, so I'm gonna say Star Trek. Awesome. What's your favorite film? Oh, Psycho. What's your favorite comic book? Right now, Sex Criminals. Great book. Yes. Yeah, it is. Yes. So I I see Matt sometimes in Portland. We'll go to the movies together and stuff. And I never say anything about it. And so I finally just now I was like, hey, so we're at a convention, we're out at a movie. I'm finally gonna tell you something. I fucking love sex criminals. And he was like, oh, cool. And I was like, I kind of went like, I nerded out for a second. Because I always see him up in Portland and I was joking with him. I don't want to lean over in the middle of a movie and be like, I love sex criminals. <laughs> that would not go over too well. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> weird all right, what's your uh, favorite TV show? Of all time or right now? Either one. Right now or all time? I don't even know. That's a really hard one, dude. I don't know. There's so many TV shows that I really like that I can't even think of one. I'll say Seinfeld. I like Seinfeld. That's a good comedy. Yep. That's a good one. What's your favorite Wesley Snipes movie? Uh, I want to say Blade, right? But no, I think Passenger 57. Always bet on black. That's right. <laughs> Come on. Dude, yeah, Passenger 57 was a dope movie. That movie's so good. <laughs> All right, if you could have anyone superpower, what would it be? Any one superpower? Yep. Oh man, telekinesis. Great choice. Yeah. All right. Well, you survived the Brap segment. You survived the Fan Bro Show interview. Uh, Nick, I mean, that, that, Josh, Joshua. Let them know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me at uh, joshwilliamson.com or williamson underscore josh on Twitter. All right, most definitely. And thank right. you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Fan.